This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Nothing, and I mean nothing, bothers me more, ladies and gentlemen, than right up until the showtime starts, right? I'll see a story pop on Twitter mm. or Facebook that's so good, but it's too late to fit in the show. So I'm going to squeeze this one in in the beginning. It's really good. I'm going to get to more detail on it tomorrow because it's just so good. Uh, uh, it's one of those priceless stories. That I want to uh, I want to scratch myself that I didn't see it a little bit earlier. All right. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, Daddy-O. Doing well, man. Oh, Doing well. Good to be surprise here. you there. Mm-hmm. I caught you over here. All right, I got a stack show for you today. Big (laughs) ruling at the Supreme Court. Huge smackdown to federal judges uh, who are really uh, acting as politicians, not judges. A fascinating article about black voters apparently turning against the Democrat Party. Could be huge. I got that. I've got some CNN video, which just speaks for itself. I mean, it's usually CNN video. I can usually put some kind of adjective Uh. after that. But you know it's going to be something dumb. So a stacked show for you today, right? Um, Let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by buddies at eToro. Hey, listen, you thinking about buying cryptos? Recently saw Bitcoin prices rise after China devalued its currency and global markets tanked. We can see how cryptocurrencies are becoming a real alternative to gold as a hedging strategy. For me, the best place to trade cryptos like Bitcoin is at eToro.com. Here's why. eToro. Is smart crypto trading made super easy? I just opened my account. eToro is the world's number one social trading platform, has over 11 million active traders and facilitates over 1 trillion in trading volume per year globally. You can access the world's best cryptocurrencies. They have 15 different coins available, low and transparent fees, super easy to use. I can vouch for that. Advanced charting features for smart strategy building. Try before you trade. You can put a virtual portfolio with a $100,000 budget together. That way you don't make mistakes when it's your real money there. Never miss a trading trend with charts, pricing alerts, and social feeds. Sign up today, folks, at etoro.com slash Bongino. That's E, the letter E-T-O-R-O.com slash Bongino, etoro.com slash Bongino. Go check it out. You won't regret it. All right, let's go. How to like give you like a triple yeah, double head. <laughs> First, let me get this out of the way administratively. I've got some book signings coming up and getting a lot of questions. Yay! Here is a graphic. Uh, Paula has been nice enough to put together. For those of you listening on the audio show, it'll be up at the website. It's on my Twitter. It's on my Facebook. It's everywhere. Uh, Tuesday, September 24th, we'll be at Book Review at Huntington. Thursday, September 26th, Vero Beach Book Center in Vero, Florida. Saturday, September 28th, Barnes & Noble, Palm Beach Gardens. Friday, October 4th at The Villages. Check us out. If you're watching on YouTube, you can pause the video. Again, it'll be up at Bongino.com. Please join us for the book signings. We'd love to meet you. You all are great. The best audience out there. I'd love to see you there. I'm expecting a packed house. Okay, so quickly, here's the story. I'll get to this more tomorrow, but I just saw it before the show started. So yesterday... You may have seen the... Wait, 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 Joe. We need the fake news siren. Please, Joe. Yes! Yes! Fake news is a... Take shelter! There has been a fake news sighting. 
This is so good. So yesterday, you may have heard this devastating information in North Carolina. I heard it. And of course, even though I was disturbed by it, I applied the Bongino rule. Wait 24 hours before reporting on a story. The Washington Post never takes my advice on this, and they always have to issue corrections. So if you're in North Carolina, you saw this story. If you're around North Carolina, it made national news, and the story was this, Joe. The story, and I promise I'll give you the details tomorrow. It just came out, though. All right. The North Carolina Republicans, that dastardly crew, They took a vote on this bill in the General Assembly, but they waited on the vote till after the Democrats, the compassionate, loving Democrats left to go to a 9-11 ceremony. Uh, Even I was like, yeah, I don't know about the politics. Probably not a good idea to do that, right? But, <laughs> but as always, I applied the Bongino 24-hour rule, which is wait until you comment. So I yes. did not report on this. Yeah. As it turns out, That is not what happened at all. Massive corrections are in play now. The Washington Post, and I'll put a hat tip sister soldier on Twitter. This is where I saw it. There's videos of this. This is great. It was actually one Democrat from North Carolina, one, who left to go to this 9-11 ceremony and admitted admitted like, hey, I just left because I didn't know there was a vote. Kind of a different story. I want to show you some video. I'll get to it tomorrow. This this right. legislator on the Democrat side freaking out on the floor over this thing. It's priceless. Sorry, I hate the tea stories. I don't have, but I just want to put that out there because you probably saw the story and thought to yourself, wow, that's really horrible that they did that. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, unfortunately, they didn't do it uh, for the Democrats. <laughs> they just made it up. All right. Speaking of fake news, um, CNN. CNN yesterday added again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, one of the most despicable, actually, I don't even, with CNN, like despicable doesn't even mean anything anymore because they constantly reach new floors. And I think, I think it's born out of a business decision. I mean this folks. I mean, it's obviously ideological, right? CNN is obviously full chock full of leftists who are activists, not journalists. We get that. I mean, that's, that's not breaking news on the show, but I think now this has turned into a business decision. I think now the executives at CNN who's ever running that have decided that their only niche left is to go full-blown rabid anti-Trumpism. So yesterday, on the 18th anniversary of the savage 9-11 attacks, CNN decides to broadcast this piece of utter, complete garbage on the anniversary of 9-11. Here's a startling statistic. Since 9-11, right-wing terrorists have killed more people in the United States than jihadist terrorists. That's according to New America. There are some folks for who, for their own political purposes, would like to keep the focus on only one form of political violence over another. But that would be unwise. Because we don't have the luxury of choosing which threats we face. And there's a case to be made that these threats actually echo each other, as our colleague Jim Shuto and others have argued. What the f*** was that? Number one, wait, I don't even know how to, that goes on, by the way. I had to cut that because I don't want people jumping off bridges to get away from it or like bashing their heads against walls to stop it. Like, stop that. Like that movie um, with Sandra Bullock, where if you see the creatures, you're tempted to like bash your head into wind. wind, And and there was like a mass suicide epidemic. You see more of this. You will, it'll incentivize you to like plug your ears with hot wax. This thing goes on. It is the possibly the most offensive piece of CNN garbage. And there's a lot of CNN garbage I've ever seen. Remember, CNN's a network that employs Brian Stelter, George Costanza, which is humiliating enough in and of itself. 
this network, what they did yesterday was an absolute disgrace. Point number one. Did you notice the graphic there on CNN? The graphic behind this 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 alleged commentator, who I don't even know this guy, says the KKK and Islamic jihadists and compares the two and says they have something fine, whatever. The KKK is not right wing. The Ku Klux Klan has nothing to do with us. The conservatives believe in big R, God-given rights for black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, white Americans, Muslim Americans, Jewish Americans, Christian Americans, Hindu Americans, the list, Zoroastrian Americans. That's not right. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? The left are the violent tyrants, not us. The Ku Klux Klan, right-wing terror. Listen. Terrorism is terrorism. Violence is violence. If it's committed by Aryan skinheads or Islamic jihadists, the result is the same. But don't put this in a right-wing terror. Right-wing. These people don't belong to us. We have nothing to do with these people. Never, ever, ever accept that premise. Ever. This is a made-up, disgusting, filthy, atrocious, pathetic CNN narrative on 9-11 And why are they doing it? Well, one, because CNN is full of disgraced, horrified liberal activists, terrified that they're losing the country to liberty and freedom because they're mini tyrants. So in order to taint and tarnish the other side on 9-11, they want to make sure that they can tarnish conservatives and Republicans on 9-11 by attaching them to terror incidents. I'm not kidding. The graphic behind him says KKK and Islamic jihadists as he's talking about right wing terror. We have nothing to do with these lunatics. Nothing. No conservative or Republican who subscribes to our actual principles, not what they think they are. None of them. Believe that these people share anything in common with us at all. Nothing. You doubt me? Show up in a Ku Klux Klan hood at a conservative route. You will be kicked out of there on your... Yeah. So fast, your head will spin. I I've, uh, See, unlike CNN, I've actually been there outside of the television studio. And I've seen people with signs that said dumps up being thrown out that weren't even were as, as horrible as what this guy's suggesting. That's number one. Mm. But number two, there's this, uh, this is going to get a little bit complicated, but uh, you need to understand what's, again, what's really going on at CNN. So on 9-11, they want to be sure to distract people from the narrative about, uh, uh, excuse me, from the, it's not it, from the actual story about dangerous Islamic jihadism. They want to distract people because that narrative doesn't work for them. So how do they do it? They refocus the story on terrorists being conservatives when none of it's actually true. Remember, this is allegedly a news network, which is a big joke. But secondly, focusing them on, focusing the public on terrorism on 9-11 with Islamic jihadist origin that counter-terror narrative is not a narrative that works for the left. The left is CNN. They're the same thing. Leftists have always been associated with chaos, attacks on law enforcement. Counterterrorism focuses the republic on the Republican Party. 
that has always taken a strong law and order anti-terrorist stance. Tell me this makes sense, folks, please. That narrative, combating mm-hmm. Islamic jihadis, does not work for the left. No one elects leftists to go after terrorists. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Because they're soft on crime, soft on terror, soft on law and order, big time against the cops. Mm-hmm. That narrative doesn't work for them. So they have to refocus the narrative to something else. And that refocusing is to what? Not Like I said to you before, conservatives are, are the Ku Klux Klan and they're terrorists too. That's their first BS narrative. But their second narrative is Islamophobia. This is the real fear of 9-11. Not Islamic jihadism. It's you racist Americans going after your Muslim neighbors. There it is. Which, ladies and gentlemen, is the left's preferred narrative on 9-11. That's what they want you. I told you, I remember 9-11. I was a working federal agent. And I have said repeatedly, the instances we got of complaints, now granted, I was in the Secret Service, not the FBI or the local police department, but we received a lot of calls. The instances I got of calls from American Muslims of them saying, hey, I'm being discriminated against by my neighbor were nil. However, the instances of calls that I received from, this is a true story, from Muslim callers who called the Secret Service to say, hey, there's something going on next door. I don't really, something's going on here. I think you should check it out. We're high. In other words, what I'm telling you is these were our allies in this based on my personal experience. Mm. Anybody who tells you otherwise, I don't think lived it. Now, were there instances of stupid behavior? Of course, we were a country of 330 million people, but that's not clearly the dominant story. The dominant story was Islamic jihadis attacked us. That narrative doesn't work for CNN. They want you to believe two things. Conservatives are the Ku Klux Klan, and that's the real danger in the country. And secondly, that the real danger here is rampant Islamophobia on 9-11. It's not rampant. It's not rampant. They want you to believe that because that narrative works for CNN's politics, which are not just left, far left. Secondly, I mean, thirdly, excuse me, they have to make sure the focus is always on the racist white male narrative. Always, no matter what. And they have to attach that narrative to conservatives and Republicans to do the damage they needed to do. Folks, this is one of the most disgusting episodes on a horrible, horrendous, disgraced conspiracy theory network. This is one of the lowest episodes I've ever seen. I really wish, though, and this was covered on cable last night. I wish some of the people would have went into more detail. Cable's tough. It's sound bites and snapshots. You have to, you know, you have to fit everything in two, three minute cuts. So I get it. But the benefit of a show like this is we get to elaborate and to give you what's really going on behind the scenes at the Democrat network, CNN, where the activists are working. Those are what those people are doing very specific things. Refocus on attaching the Ku Klux Klan and white supremacy to Republicans. Focus on Islamophobia because the Democrats will then come out and tell American Muslims, you guys are the target of rampant American white male racism. We're going to protect you. And third, make sure the racist white male narrative is attached to the Republican Party, too. I thought we were about unity. No, no, not CNN, folks. I'm sorry you thought that if you thought that. All right, um, I got to move on. There were some, you know, sometimes on Hannity's cable show at night on Fox, some stuff gets out there 
And it's such a busy news day, everything that happened with the Supreme Court yesterday in 9-11, mm-hmm. that it escapes further media scrutiny. And it was like a, a Moab drop last night on the show. <laughs> and it just, of course, was uh, the mother of all bombs yeah. and wasn't picked up anywhere. So a couple of things. Um, I just want to start with this. And I want to get to a screenshot from the, the Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn case. Now, Sidney Powell is the new lawyer for Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. She's an absolute bulldog. She's gone into court now. She wants Brady material. She's putting in all these court filings. Some of these filings are now becoming public, and they are absolutely damning. Two huge golden nuggets came out yesterday that everybody needs to hear about. I want to hat tip Hannity and Sean Davis at The Federalist who picked up one of these as well. The first one, I'm not going to play the cut because I want to move on to the second one, which is more important. But I'd gotten wind of this a while ago. Devin Nunes was on Hannity last night and said that there is a letter out there that they're trying to get a hold of from the British embassy after Trump was elected, sent to Susan Rice and others in the law enforcement intel community from the 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 United Kingdom's embassy, suggesting that Christopher Steele, the dossier, the author of the dossier, that his information was garbage, that this guy was not the real McCoy. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a... BFD, to quote Joe Biden, because now we know, as I've already told you on the show, based on my sources, in January, Steele's Russian source, one of them was interviewed, and the determination was made that his information was hot garbage, and that information was passed to Comey before they sought renewal of the warrant to spy on Trump based on the dossier three more times. Now we know that another warning, not just from the interview with the Russian source, But another warning that came in from the U.K. embassy also indicated during this transitional period there that his information was bogus. Nunes said last night they know people know it's that they're still trying to find the letter, but it's out there. Do you know, do you understand how how did that escape media scrutiny last night? The deputy director of the FBI, at one point acting director, Andrew McCabe, has already acknowledged the spying on the operation, the spying on Trump operation would not exist without the dossier that they used Mm -hmm. in the FISA. We now know that not only did the source used in the dossier come up faulty, but that the United Kingdom already warned the American government, hey, our former spy here, Steele's not reliable. And they still went for That wasn't even the big... This unbelievably... Missed mainstream media scrutiny yesterday. This should have been all over Twitter, but it got drowned out in the in the, the the solemn uh, atmosphere, obviously of the uh, mm-hmm. of the anniversary of the attack on nine eleven. This was a huge story. But secondly, this is what I want to get to. Uh, again, hat tip Sean Davis off his Twitter feed, the Federalist, who does great work. This is one of the Sidney Powell wants information. She's Mike Flynn, Lieutenant General Flynn who was prosecuted disingenuously by Bob Mueller. Uh, Many of you know he was Trump's national security advisor. You know the deal. Flynn's lawyer, Powell, now wants information. She's saying, listen, we have been withheld Brady material. In other words, material the government possesses that indicates Mike Flynn is innocent of the charge you you may have uh, levied against him. I want you to put up this, if you don't mind, these court filings, which have now become public. (laughs) Look at this one. I want you to read number 16 here. Here it is. I'll read it for you. She has this list of questions. Question 16 about what she wants. She wants any information, including recordings or 302s, you know, FBI summaries, Mm -hmm. 
about Joseph Mifsud's presence and involvement in engaging or reporting on Mike Flynn? What, wait, what? And Mifsud's presence at the Russia Today dinner in Moscow in December of 2015? What the hell is that? Ladies and gentlemen, this may be time for our... Someone sent these to me. Forgive me. I don't remember your name. Oh, by the way, Christian was the one who sent... What was that? Christian Christian sent me something. He sent me an email. Thank you, Christian, for whatever you sent me. I said to... Someone sent these, Joe. You see these? These are oh. our thug life. We, yeah. Yeah. We need this cigar, too, though. Folks, we've only <laughs> been right about Mifsud the entire time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> nice job. Nice job, Paula. Ah. Very nice. <laughs> so just to be clear here, how important what I just read to you is. The entire Democrat, liberal, activist, CNN, MSNBC, Roswell, Rachel Maddow, as has Hannity calls her, which is a great nickname, by the way. Conspiracy theory left theory is that Joseph Mifsud this connected Russian agent carve out approached George Papadopoulos on the Trump team with information about Hillary's emails. Mm -hmm. Papadopoulos lied about it. And that's the Russian collusion case. Everybody gets that, right? This is not complicated. The left's mm. entire conspiracy theory is that this guy Mifsud in the, in the spring of 2016 approaches Trump team member Papadopoulos and says, Hey, the Russians have dirt on Hillary. Ah, conspiracy. Trump's team colluded. Papadopoulos was a member of the Trump team. That's the whole theory. That's it. That's the whole theory. Ladies and gentlemen, that theory is bedrocked, buried in the ground with these big posts. The house is built on stilts and the stilts are driven into the ground theory that Mifsud is a Russian agent. If Mifsud is a Russian agent, then the theory may have some bones. The Russians work with this guy Mifsud to traffic information to the Trump team. Ladies and gentlemen, if Mifsud is not a Russian agent and was working for friendlies, there's only one story that makes sense. And the story is that the Trump team was set up and entrapped. The whole premise of my second book, Exonerated. You get that, right? Mm -hmm. you, you Please tell me this makes sense. Because now we're finding out that Sidney Powell may have some information that the very same alleged Russian agent, Joseph Mifsud, trafficking information to Trump team, may have approached Flynn or been around Flynn in 2015 at a dinner they had in Moscow at this Russia Today RT dinner. Some of you are putting two and two together here. <laughs> So let me get this straight. The Democrat activist CNN, MSNBC, Jerry Nadler, Eric Swalwell, Shifty Adam Schiff theory that Mifsud's a Russian agent. If Mifsud's a Russian agent approaching the former DIA director, Def uh, Defense Intelligence Administration, Mike Flynn, a very senior level intelligence official back in 2015 at a dinner, then why weren't anybody, why wasn't anybody warned about him? You, you dig? Mm, oh, yeah. 
If a Russian agent allegedly Mifsud, according to the activist left, mm-hmm. if a Russian agent approached a former upper level Obama, he worked for Obama, Mike Flynn, mm-hmm. intelligence official in Russia, or was working in some kind of covert capacity for the Russians to gather info. And we knew this as far back as 2015. When Flynn became associated with the Trump team, why wasn't Mifsud or any of Mifsud's uh, information mentioned to the Trump team as a warning? Hey, guys, be very careful. We have this Russian covert lurker out there lurking behind the scenes. <gasps> Joseph Mifsud, <laughs> and he's clearly working his way in. If you see this guy, we have him working around Flynn in 2015. He's so dangerous. Be very careful because the Russians will collude and they will gather information. They'll use uh, Miss Sud as a carve out to infiltrate and destroy our election process. Why wasn't anybody warned? The answer is because the story is total, complete BS. Mifsud was a Western intelligence asset. He was not a Russian carve-out. He was working to entrap enemies of the Obama administration. Folks, that's why my first book is called Spygate, and it's not called Trumpgate or even Russiagate. The Obama administration was using foreign intel operatives to work with people like Mifsud in circumvention of our spying regulations on American citizens to gather information about political opponents like Mike Flynn they did not like. They then transferred that strategy to the Trump team when Trump became the Republican nominee. The reason nobody was warned about Mifsud on the Trump team is because Mifsud was working with them all. That is, the political opponents of Trump and the uh, political uh, allies of of, uh, Barack Obama. This is a stunning piece of information. I can't wait for those documents to come out. Oh, boy. Read book two. It's going to be a real eye-opener for you, folks. There's some real (laughs) nuggets in there. All right, I got a lot more to get to. I haven't even touched the Supreme Court completely. I mean, in one of the most... You know what, Paul? Here it is. This is the Supreme Court yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Supreme Court ruling Judge Tegar activist judge you suck that was (laughs) I can see even Judge Roberts and Gorsuch and Kavanaugh put on their glasses yesterday we got to send them a pair of these uh, (laughs) folks it was bad I'll get to that in a second what it matters to you and why it matters to you what you need to know all right today's show also brought to you by buddies at Brick House Nutrition, Brick House Foundation. This is the best nutrition supplement out there. I'd be lost without this stuff. I, I, I mean, I'm not messing around with you. I know they're a paid sponsor. I'm telling you candidly, whether they were a paid sponsor or not, I would still be buying this stuff. It's that good. What does Foundation do? Here's the product. Here's what it looks like. It is a creatine ATP blend. It's like having two extra gas tanks in the gym. You can look up the... The kinetics of it, how it works. Uh, It's basically a phosphagen that gives you extra energy in the gym. And you may say, okay, that's nice. But it's not extra energy or performance capacity in the gym like, say, a cup of coffee that geeks you up. I'm talking about long-term muscle building. This is all the scientific evidence out there for the positive effects of creatine are, are legion. Just look it up. Don't take my word for it. 
Uh, let me just tell you some of the things. You will look better. You will perform better. You will feel better. I can't say enough about it. And again, if you don't want to do all the homework, I understand you live a busy life. You don't want to Google creatine. How does it work? All I ask is this. Take the mirror test on this. I'm not kidding. Go look in the mirror what you look like. Take a little mental snapshot. You're going to take a bunch of selfies or weirdo shots or anything. Just look in the mirror. Turn around a little side shot. You know, do the most muscular. Which one's the most muscular? Is it this one? No, that's front double biceps. It's most muscular. Take a shot. See what you look like, right? Give this stuff foundation available BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Give it about seven days to load and then come back and look again. It's that good. You will look better. You will perform better. You will feel better. I can't vouch for it enough. I love this stuff. Paula loves it. Joe loves it. Little yeah. Joe loves it. Yep. So we love little Joe. Good luck to him. <laughs> we love little Joe. Joe's not little anymore because of uh, foundation. Check it <laughs> out. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up your bottle of foundation today. You will not regret it. I'm telling you, it's the finest nutrition supplement on the market. Just give it a shot. Go try the mirror test. All right, moving on. So yesterday, this judge, uh, Tigar, T-I-G-A-R, is really turned into a politician. I mean, he's not, a, he's a judge in name only. He's a, a gino. Uh, he, he doesn't act like a judge. He well, doesn't no. judge like a judge. He's basically a politician in a black robe who should run for office. So this Judge Tegar, let me give you a little background on what happened. The, uh, the Trump administration changed the rules on asylum claims, rightly so, yeah. to say, listen, if you're coming to the country claiming asylum, in other words, I will be physically attacked or targeted because of my political beliefs or who I am, and I'm claiming an asylum in the United States to escape this politically targeted violence against me. If you are claiming asylum, the Trump administration said, well, fairly enough, you have to claim asylum in the first country you enter. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you're transiting from, say, a country in Central America like Ecuador, and you're trying to get to the United States to claim asylum, escaping political violence targeted at you, mm -hmm. then the administration's case, which is a sound one, is if you're escaping political violence and you're not coming to the United States for work, that's not the reason, or else you'd apply for a work visa or something else, then you have to make an asylum claim in the first country you land first before you can make an asylum claim in the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just common sense. Sure. If you're transiting through Mexico because you're trying to escape Ecuador, and your reason is I have to escape Ecuador, then what's your reason for filing asylum in the United States even further north? Well, if your reason the whole time is you just want to be in the United States, Fine, just say that. There's mm -hmm. a legal immigration process to do that. There's a work visa process. But that's not, you. please tell me you understand the difference. I, I, yeah. Just be candid. That's not yeah. what you're saying. These uh, folks claiming asylum are claiming, I had to escape Ecuador, Guatemala, Central America, and because it was so dangerous, I was going to die. Okay. Well, when you escaped to Mexico, then why didn't you claim asylum there? Well, I really didn't want to go to Mexico. I want to go to the United States. That's not the same thing. So the Trump administration said, no, you have to file an asylum claim first in the country you landed. Whatever it may be, Canada, Mexico, before you cross our border. Fair mm -hmm. enough. Common sense. There are other avenues to get here. That's not the avenue asylum seekers sought. Judge Tegar, who's a politician, again, the guy's a gino. I'm telling you, he's not a, this guy's not a real judge. Yeah. I'm sorry. I wonder if this gino is from Virginia. <laughs> he's, this guy, he, he's, 
He's an Obama appointee. Yeah. He's awful on this stuff. He yeah. issued one of these dreadful na- <laughs> just, just, just go ahead. Just talk a little. <laughs> That's okay. This judge <laughs> issued <laughs> a nationwide injunction against applying this policy. Um, now, he was immediately smacked down by, of all things, the Ninth Circuit, the Nutty what? Ninth who said you cannot issue a nationwide injunction against this policy. You can only issue an injunction where your ruling was filed. Uh, In other words, it wouldn't have applied, I believe, in New Mexico and Texas and would applied uh, uh, across other portions west of the border. West of there. Make sense? The the nationwide injunction that even the ninth said, you can't do that. The the case was filed with you, Judge Tegar, in your court. And where your court has jurisdiction, that's where it would happen. Judge Tegar, who again is a politician, the guy's a gino. He's a total gino, comes back again, despite the fact that Clarence Thomas and other members of the Supreme Court have already said, hey, listen, you better cut the crap with these nationwide injunctions. You guys don't, you're judges. You're not politicians. Tigar, unbelievably, I almost have to give the guy credit for his cojones, comes back and says to the Ninth Circuit, no, no, I'm reinstituting the nationwide injunction, basically giving them the double-barreled, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do it because it's somewhat family-friendly, the show on yes. YouTube, gives them the double-barreled middle finger and says, I'm reinstituting the nationwide <laughs> injunction. Even the Nutty Ninth is like, ruling on the field, the play doesn't stand. The Supreme Court, you can see in this story at the AP, immediately takes up the case by Mark Sherman. Immediately, well, just issues a quick ruling on the case because they can't stand these nationwide injunctions and smacks backhands this gino judge and says, no thanks. Now, not only does your original ruling that it would apply in your district only, right? Not only is that original ruling thrown out that the Ninth Circuit put now it's a nationwide, the Trump administration can apply the policy across the whole country. And they said, see ya, Gino Judge Teagard. There you go. They have a little more detail in their story. It's worth your time. It's AP. They're pretty far left. But it's worth your time because they actually cover it pretty fairly, which is shocking. And sometimes, you know, once in a while, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll throw a bone at them. But do you understand how damaging this is to the, the left just doesn't get it. Remember what they do. They move seamlessly from one venue to the next when they lose a fight because they're tyrants. This has been an evergreen topic on the show, but it's important to readdress. The left can't win nationwide on anything. Nobody wants, I'm I'm talking about a national consensus here. There is Mm -hmm. no national consensus for anything the left stands for. There's consensus in California, New York, Chicago, not nationwide. There is no consensus for confiscatory taxes. There is no consensus for government-run health care. There is no consensus for infanticide and late-term abortion. There is no consensus for open board. None. That appeals to about 30% of the population. But the tyrannical tyrant police state left. Remember, they're about suppression of individual liberty, suppression of free speech. This is what socialists do. They're Mm -hmm. many tyrants. They're anti-liberty. They're like Antifa, the anti-First Amendment crew. In order to to get these things passed without a national consensus, they'll never get a national vote on government-run healthcare, open borders. What do they do? They move to the courts. 
That's why these nationwide injunctions, the left loves them. Because the minute they get an Obama judge, who's a liberal politician in a black robe like Tigar, they get him to rule. He rules, rule. I'm using that word specifically, yeah. rules over the entire country and throws out the elected president of the United States executive orders. They love it. Mm-hmm. And then when that fails, they move on to corporate pressure if they can't yeah. get the judiciary to work for them. And I'll get to Beto in a few minutes, yeah. too. Another ridiculous Beto Robert Francis O'Rourke proposal, which we're going to turn on its head in a minute. How they move seamlessly into pressuring corporate America, what they cannot get passed by a national consensus. This was a major smackdown. Hey, put up that Washington Times story, if you don't mind. I was well, And going to show you how the, why this judicial avenue, remember that national consensus, nope, they lost the national election. Courts, nope, they're losing that. They just got smacked down. Then they go to the corporate pressure. But why are they losing in the courts now, too? Washington Times, Alex Swayer. Historic milestone. The Senate confirmed Trump's 150th judicial nominee yesterday. Ladies Ooh. and gentlemen, Obama only had 94 in the same period. Whether you like Trump or not, I support the president largely. I have a little beef with something that happened yesterday, but hopefully I'll get to that in a minute. So much news, folks. I'm really sorry. I'm trying to pack it all in. I don't want to leave anything out for you. This is a huge, huge story of the Trump administration. We have the economy. We have the tax cuts. We have the deregulation, getting rid of this government red tape. We have some border wall being built. Not a lot, but enough where he's actually fulfilled that campaign promise. We again, we have the booming economy, uh, historic, uh, uh, lo- historically low black unemployment. One of the things that gets lost here, ladies and gentlemen, 150 federal judges. That's huge. Two Supreme Court justices in that lot. Yeah, baby. Yes. This is a big deal. This is going to seal off for potentially a generation if we can reelect Trump the left secondary avenue, national injunctions through the judiciary using political judges like Tigar. It's going to wall that off. This is a big, big story. I wish the anti-Trump Republicans would get through their head. You don't like them? Fine. Suck it up. There's a lot of positive things happening here. All right. Speaking of positive things and positive signs, this Powerline blog piece is a must read. If you're not on my email list, please join uh, my with respect, I ask and I humbly request you do that. Um, I put a lot of work into the best stories of the day. I mean, it takes me a long time to get these together. This Powerline blog story by Paul Miringoff, are blacks moving towards the center as their party lurches to the left, is a terrific read. Be at the show notes today. If you're on my email list, I email these articles out every day. Uh, it's also up at Bongino.com. If you don't want to join the email list, totally understand. But it's it. please read it or just look it up on Powerline Blog. That's fine. Either way, I don't need to get the clicks from it. I just try to make it easy for you. Another positive sign. So much negative news lately. Another positive sign is some polling data about where black America is in relationship to the Democrat Party is starting to look very positive. I don't want to be dramatic. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. Is there a massive tectonic shift that's going to happen? Um, probably not anytime soon. But ladies and gentlemen, my point in this whole point, when I get, and I'll get to a, a snippet from the piece in a minute. We don't need a tectonic shift in black Americans voting patterns to change things. We just need small incremental shifts. Upwards of 25% of the Democratic electorate 
consists of black voters. Their support for the Democrat Party, depending on the polls you look at nationally, upwards of 85 to 90 percent. Ladies and gentlemen, that's essentially a monopoly in voting. Mm -hmm. Do you understand how even two and three point shifts in each election cycle, given they're a quarter of the Democrat Party by composition, how even one or two point shifts in each cycle will cause generational damage to the far left socialist movement? This is big news. Now, what is the story based on? Why does it matter to you? I want you to look at the polling and it and and, and it. It aligns with something I've been saying on the show for a long time. Let's get to the piece first. It's important. Uh, this is from Paul Miringoff, Paraline blog. They're talking about this person. He cites polling data by public opinion research, which conducts surveys for Wall Street Journal and NBC News. Listen to this, folks. It found that the percentage of white voters, white voters describing themselves as very liberal or liberal is roughly twice as large as the percentage of black voters who do the same. Conversely, the percentage of African-Americans describing themselves as moderate or conservative is almost twice as large as the percentage of white Democrat primary voters who describe themselves that way. Folks, I have known this hmm. for eons now. I've told poor Joe this story a thousand times, but some of my new mm -hmm. listeners, I'll tell you this. I ran for office in Maryland twice. I ran for Congress in the U.S. Senate. Unfortunately, we didn't prevail. Came close, but no cigars, right? I knocked on a lot of doors. I would venture to say probably close to 10,000 over two campaigns. And I, that's not an exaggeration. We kept the spreadsheet. So I roughly know the numbers. I knocked on a lot of doors. Mer Maryland, the state of Maryland, which I loved. I'm now live in Florida, but it is a great state when the liberals don't ruin it. Has a very, very significant black population. You can't knock on doors in Maryland and not communicate with black voters. You'd have to be intentionally avoiding people. When I used to knock in Prince George's County, which, by the way, is one of the wealthiest, largely black counties in America. Yeah. When I would knock on doors over there, I did this little trick. I knew most of the voters were Democrats. Why? Because you get registration sheets. Voters not a mystery. It's not stereotyping anyone. You knock on a door and says registered Democrat. The person that answered the door happened to be black. You can't tell that, you know, some of it isn't broken down by that kind of demographic data. We didn't have great data at the time. My campaign, we didn't have that much money. But when you'd open the door, you see a registered Democrat and it would be a black voter. I would never say my party affiliation for if I could avoid it. Sometimes they'd push the issue. But I'd say, hey, I'm Dan Bongino running for the U.S. Senate. You know, nice to meet you. Do you have just 10 seconds? I just want to say this. I'm running. I'd appreciate if you look into our platform. Here's some literature I would always start with some kind of um, empathetic statement. Like, I understand I'm bothering them, and it would always break the ice. Because you are. Mm -hmm. you're. Listen, it's annoying. People don't like their doors being knocked on. They just don't. Reminds me of that Sebastian Maniscalco segment. 50 years ago, people knocked on your door. You used to love it. Company! Now people knock on your door. People run. Maniscalco has a great segment <laughs> on that. But they just don't like it. So I'd start with an empathetic statement. Say, listen, I'm here for you. Here's what I stand for. And then people would say, well, what party? And I'd say, well, let me just tell you what I stand for, and you tell me. And I'd say, you know, I believe I'm a pro-business guy, believe tax rates matter, I believe in life, and I'm telling you, 20-30% of people that I would talk to, I'm not kidding, would think I was a Democrat. You may say, no, come on, you're, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not making that up. Mm -hmm. It explains why, uh, Joe, put on your audience on Buzzman, if this yeah, gets man. complicated, it explains why upwards of 90% 
of black voters vote Democrat. Because a lot of them believe, who have very socially conservative and conservative positions, many of them that believe these are Democrat positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They thought, mm-hmm. it, not, not, not a lot of them thought I was a Democrat. Yeah. They would say, you, you support life, you're a business guy, you're a Democrat. I'd say, no, I'm, I'm a Republican. You know, a lot of times, sadly, the conversation would turn sour after that. But either way, I'd say, thanks for your time, leave them a card. Sometimes they take it, sometimes they wouldn't. But it explains why the polling data indicates that black voters are largely conservative Democrats, yet still vote Democrat. We, and what, whose fault is that? That's the Republican Party's fault. I'm sorry. We have to do a better job. Black voters are our allies. They're not our political enemies. They always have been. Large swaths of black voters support life support pro-business atmosphere, support strong-on-crime approaches. We're missing out here. We are missing a golden opportunity. And if Trump can break through a little bit, which appears to be happening, we're seeing slow shifts from black voters over to the pro-Trump camp, it could do generational damage to the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. Fascinating article, ladies and gentlemen. Worth your time. And if you're a candidate for office, you're giving up a golden opportunity if you miss out on this. All right. Oh, man. Time flies. Really, I have so much stuff. I'm so sorry. I really like to pack it into an hour. But yesterday, shockingly, it was a busy news day. Our show was down a little bit Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. I think it had a lot to do with football and 9-11. I never fake it with you guys and ladies out there. I was a little disappointed in a number on YouTube yesterday. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think people think it's a slow news week, too. It's not. There's a lot going on you need to know about. All right, last sponsor today. More great stuff here. Liquid IV. You may have seen them, by the way, on TV. Um, I don't know if they donate or people bought them, but a lot of these packets you see, I saw it on Fox recently, were being shipped over to the Bahamas. Why? Ladies and gentlemen, there's no better product for hydration. Liquid IV. It comes in these packets right here. This is the acai berry flavor, which is delicious. You just rip it off right here. You dump it in uh, water. And it's like drinking three bottles of water instead of one. It's like super hydration. Paula, how much you love this stuff in the Florida heat down here? She, <laughs> you got to get her camera open sometimes. She was getting cramps, my wife. I'm mm-hmm. not making it up. She'd be because she runs in the morning. It's really hot down here. Not after this. She takes. Uh, she drinks half before, half after. Knock those cramps right out. It's not just only good for heat, though. You can get dehydrated in 40-degree weather in a soccer game, running around and sweating all day. Liquid IV is the solution for you. It's the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Trying to drink more water? Liquid IV hydrates you two to three times faster and more efficiently and effectively than water alone with an added bonus of vitamin C and B vitamins as well. Feel good, do good. Liquid IV has donated 1.5 million sticks to date to places like Haiti, Uganda, Puerto Rico, most recently Nepal. With each purchase you make, Liquid IV donates a serving to someone in need around the world. This is fantastic for jet lag. I've tried it. You get that feeling when you land in a foreign country with a significant time difference. Try Liquid IV. Summer dehydration helps you stay hydrated. Winter dehydration helps you stay hydrated. Fast, It's the fastest growing wellness brand, Liquid IV. You can find them everywhere, even Costco. It's a hydration multiplier. They use cellular transport technology and a very specific ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium. It mix it with 16 ounces of water. helps your body absorb more of that water like a sponge and the nutrients you drink directly into the bloodstream. <laughs> It's non-GMO, vegan, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. Clean ingredients provides the same hydration as two and three bottles of water. 
Got tough workouts. Liquid IV is the way to rock and roll. I love Liquid IV. We use it in the house. I'm actually running out. Uh, if you can send me some more Liquid IV, we'd love that. Right now, my listeners get 25% off at liquidiv.com when you use my code Bongino at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order at Liquid IV's website. Go to liquidiv.com, enter my promo code Bongino to get your savings and start getting better hydration. That's liquidiv.com, promo code Bongino. Liquidiv.com, promo code Bongino. Don't wait. Start properly hydrating today. Okay. Uh, Oh, this was Paula's favorite story this morning. So, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, we love to cover the language wars on this show, Mm. you know, the language wars, we discuss them all the time, how the liberals are constantly changing the rules of what acceptable and non-acceptable things to say are. And and they changed them at the last minute. So it was a couple of days ago. Uh, we we played the video of yeah. how liberals are now declaring the word guys off limits. If you say guys, you're a misogynist pig. Hey guys, oh, oh time out. Hey, red flag <laughs> under the hood for review. Uh, oh. We got to review that play. You are a misogynist. The ruling on the field stands. Um, so guys, as we <laughs> said, uh, we we were going to immediately destroy that stupidity as we use the word guys frequently throughout the show just to get under their skin and burrow in because it's yeah. just so dumb. Well. The Daily Signal, is another, the show notes are great today. Please read them. Another story I have at the show notes. Daily Signal. Now, Joe, it's not just language that makes you an istophobic, phobophobe, misogynistic, racist, homophobic, transphobic, homophobe. Now, <laughs> by the inimitable Walter E. Williams, who is terrific, the Daily Signal, the latest college lunacy, correct English grammar is racist. Correct gra- Now, if you use correct grammar, you... Yes, I, Joe, I, I understand. Yeah. Take your foundation to restore some of the neurons you're losing by having this conversation. This is not a joke. This is the dendrites are being pruned. I get it. The axon, the myelin sheath is wearing off that axonal sheath. You are now, you are, the, what are those things called? The, uh, the Schwann cell, the Schwann cells are dying off. I, I got to go back oh. to my uh, my psychology study. They're all dying off. I get it. So from the Daily Signal piece, this is actually happening. We are we are definitely living in a volcanically peak stupid civilizations collapsing in front of us. I'm sorry. Yeah. So there's a professor at American University who's hired to teach this kind of nonsense. His name is Asiao B. Inoue. He's a professor of, at the University of Washington in Tacoma in interdisciplinary arts and sciences. He's the director of the university's writing center. Anyway, who was brought into American University, he believes that a person's writing ability should not be assessed in order to promote anti-racist objectives. Anyway, taught American University's faculty members that their previous practices of grading writing proposals promoted white language supremacy. (sighs) (sighs) Okay. I have recovered. (sighs) (laughs) You you need medication? I have a doctor friend. Maybe able to help you out with this. Put me in touch. Maybe some B12 injections or something. This is real, Joe. This is not a joke. This is really happening. So now it's not just the language war. You can't say guys. Yeah. You can't say fire men, God forbid. That is definitely misogynistic. The ruling on the field, you are a misogynist. <laughs> That's not now proper grammar in and of itself. By the way, this is after Paul and I, Paula Megate, for those of you who listened a couple of weeks ago, yeah. you know the story. 
by the way, I was right about that. But whatevs, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll get more emails about that today. Now proper writing is, in fact, critiquing it is racist. Folks, couple of takeaways here. Number one, if this is not the soft bigotry of low expectations, to quote President George W. Bush, I don't know what is. Amen. Are you seriously suggesting, just so we're clear, I'm trying to get you on the record, not me. I don't care if you're black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever category yeah. you choose to silo yourself in. You're a human being to me. If your writing stinks, you should fix it. I can tell you when I wrote my first book, I made a lot of writing mistakes. I will be self-deprecating in the interest of the story because it's true. I had a lot of hanging participles. I wish I could have cleaned that writing up a little better. By the time I wrote this last book, I'm not Ernest Hemingway, but I've cleaned up a lot of my writing mistakes. It's no excuse that, hey, I have an MBA. I'm so It doesn't matter. Your writing is poor. Fix it. People write using structured sets of rules and sentence structure so that other people who know the rules can understand them. When you write incoherently with language that makes no sense and a sentence structure that doesn't tell the story you're trying to tell, nobody gets it. It's not racist. Why else are they doing this? Because again, in a longer, bigger, 65 million foot high narrative looking down, not even bird's eye view, that's interplanetary. The left does not like objective rules. The left loves everything to be yeah. subjective so they can change yeah. it at the last minute. Objective language rules that everybody applies by means the left has to actually get an education in college or they'll be judged by their lack of, 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 of content and, and sentence structure. They don't like that. The left wants to be judged simply on their silly. They don't like objective rules about anything. Everything is subjective. The state, the state's ability to change things. That's why they hate the Constitution. It's objective. It applies evenly. The left can't do that because for the left's ideology, socialism to work, they have to treat people unevenly and treat them subjectively. Remember, the only way to govern the government can institute economic, social justice and fairness is by treating people unequally and not in the means of justice. If I get rich by my own hard work and they institute income inequality, they get to take my money to give it to someone else who worked hard or not, treating me unfairly. They don't like objective rules, including grammar. It's not a joke. No. They don't like this stuff because it puts them on the spot. All right, I'm not, uh, Paul, I'm not going to be able to get to, uh, you know what, let's just play home in quick. This is a good, this is a good one. Just quickly, oh, yeah. AOC just gets wrecked again. A little comic relief at the end of the show, but I want to get to one more thing. I'm going to do the Beto thing afterwards. I'm going to have to leave this California story and the North Carolina story for them. I got a good story about California imploding again. Gosh, these people are really dopey out there. The legislators, not the folks. Um, but if you're voting these people, I don't know what you're thinking. But here's Tom Homan, former uh, ICE director, really great guy. I know Tom, full disclosure, good man uh, from, from Fox. We are both contributors there. Here's Tom up on Capitol Hill. Again, absolutely wrecking the hapless AOC who can never, ever get out of her own way. Just check this out. I, it, it, in my 34 years, I've never seen such hate toward law enforcement agency in my life that you want to abolish Holman, them the rather doing expired. your job and Mr. legislate. Holman, your if they don't like expired. it, legislate. You can't. If, I, Mr. I Holman, Congress according to the rules of this committee, of enacting laws. Mr. Holman, your time is expired. The chair now recognizes Ms. Hill. <laughs> 
Did you see the, the hand come and point out the gavel? Did you see that? Did you see that? In the, there's a video portion of that, folks. AOC apparently doesn't know she can gavel out. So some guy, I guess it's a guy or a, I don't know, has to point out that there's a gavel there. It just good point, Joe. I, I, you know what? It's funny. I didn't. I was only playing it for the audio. For the I didn't even yeah. realize the video. But you're right. A hand like. I'm sorry, here listeners. Yeah. yeah, look. I have a gavel. Here's what happens. You watch it on YouTube. There's a hand. The gavel like creeps into the picture, like yeah. a ghost gavel. Good for you, Tom Holman. I encourage anyone going up to Capitol Hill. <sighs> Me included, if you're up yeah. there, you're subpoenaed to testify, and AOC and the others want to crap all over you, I encourage you to fight back. Good for you. I would have done the same thing. You need to respect the pro. No, 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 I don't. You don't respect me. I don't respect you either. Yeah. Get the hell out of here with that crap. You're going to take a big... I'm not even going to say it. They just... All right. Whatever. What was my oh Beto Beto? Um, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, um, the vape. I got to get to the vaping thing too. I'll get I'll get to that tomorrow. Just if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you know I really support the president, but this I think this vaping thing was a bad idea. It's a longer conversation. I'll get to tomorrow for for other reasons. Um, again, I want to wait things out a little bit. I think everybody's panicking. There's no vaping ban yet, so let's let the Bongino rule apply. I will get to that tomorrow. But just last story today. Here's Robert Francis Beto. O'Rourke, I mean, just the most pathetic candidate in the field right now. I don't know if he's cracked uh, the 1% mark in polls, but he put out this tweet, which is just uh, another gross example of how pathetic this failed human being is. Uh, Beto, credit cards have enabled many of America's mass shootings in the last decade. The credit cards are to blame, just like the New York Times said the planes were to blame for 9-11 yesterday before they deleted that. And with Washington unwilling to act, they need to cut off the sale of weapons of war today. Weapons of war. Notice how he conveniently throws that in there, despite the fact that it's false. So again, what Beto, who's a total fraud and a phony who ran as a fake moderate against Ted Cruz, what Beto wants, he can't get passed nationally because there is no national consensus to get rid of sporting rifles. Uh, none. He can call them weapons of war all they want. That's just a lie. They're not the same things because Beto is just not that bright. Um, so what Beto can't get passed legislatively, Beto is going to, he can't get passed in the courts either, by the way, because of the Second Amendment. He's going to try to get, and the Heller decision, he's going to try to get passed through corporate pressure. Remember what I told you before, the switching mm -hmm. of venues amongst the liberal lunatics. Mm -hmm. So I pose a question to Beto. Should Republicans do the same thing? What if Republicans started pressuring credit card companies to deny transactions at any Planned Parenthood clinics or any abortion provider at that? What about denying transactions at any OBGYN who has conducted an abortion? How would you feel about that? The answer is you wouldn't. You'd lose your minds. You'd accuse us of being tyrants. No, no, that's what you are. We're not suggesting that. I am vehemently pro-life from conception to natural death. But I don't believe in economic tyranny. You do. You're the tyrant. I'm principled on the issue, as the listeners are. You are not. You are not. You are trying to tyrannically pressure financial trade because you financial companies because you cannot get your ideas passed nationally. That's the only reason you're doing this because you're a mini tyrant who's entirely unprincipled. It's really disgraceful what he did. Ask him about that Planned Parenthood thing when a leftist supports us. Okay, we're going to respond in kind. We're not going to allow, we're going to pressure these companies legislatively to not conduct transactions with abortion products. The left would lose their marbles.
All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Again, I put that list of my book signings. It'll be up on my website. Please subscribe to the show at youtube.com slash Bongino. I, again, humbly ask you to do that. We're trying to get to 300,000 subscribers. We're closing in. YouTube.com slash Bongino. Click the subscribe button. It's free. You can check out the videos. We throw some content in there. It's video only. We try to keep it rare. It's an audio show first. Uh, you can also subscribe to the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. It's all free. It helps us move up the charts and other people find us. Thanks a lot, folks. Appreciate you tuning in. It means a lot. You're a great audience. I'll see you tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.